0: From WOUB News, this is the outlet where campus meets community. I'm Ben Polstoid.
1: And I'm April Leslie. Each week on the show, we bring you stories about the Athens and Ohio University communities. Today on the show, one big story.
0: An investigation into emails of Ohio University administrators revealed some surprising comments made by a major OU donor, Steve Schoonover.
1: In an email to university officials, Schoonover urged administrators to, quote, play the race card in response to criticism related to President Roderick McDavis's move into a $1.2 million home.
0: He also referred to student and faculty protesters as, quote, loudmouths and demonstrators who have probably never given a dime to OU.
1: Those comments have led to a small protest today outside this very building, the newly constructed Schoonover Center for Communication.
0: They called for him to step down from his post at the Ohio University Foundation, OU's fundraising arm, as well as remove his name from the building.
1: However, protester Eleanor Holbrook says they do not expect Schoonover to rescind the donation. I would appreciate his resignation from the board. We don't need that kind of negativity towards our students and our faculty. But I mean, money? If he wants to give us every single dime out of his bank account, it's fine by me. The lead investigator into these administrator emails is here in the studio today.
0: We're sitting down with Connor Morse, reporter for the Athens News. Connor, thanks for being here. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so, in many ways, this is a continuation of the housing debacle in which the university leased the Coventry Lane property for President Robert McDavis and his wife, but then decided not to purchase the property permanently. Perhaps in part due to widespread faculty complaint and student protest. Um, tell me a little bit briefly about the background of this records request and this investigation and how it led up to this particular email.
2: Sure. So as is uh, very public record now, uh, President McDavis's wife uh, reportedly fell in uh, 29 Park Place, the historic home of OU presidents, uh, due to a bat that she was dodging. Um, And She broke her foot. Uh, OU wanted to find accessible housing for them and thus began a very long narrative. I made a records request on March 20th, which was just the day after OU announced that it had found a home uh, for the McDavises to move into. Uh, This was 31 Coventry Lane. It was a home owned by John Wharton, who was a prominent OU donor, and he's also a local businessman in Athens. And initially, OU had a purchase agreement option in the lease for the home. Um, So right now, they're just leasing the home for the McDavises for the next two years. But there was a purchase option where uh, OU could buy the property, well, the OU Foundation could, for uh, $1.15 million in donor funds. Um, And uh, OU decided to scrap that idea. The vice president, uh, Stephen Golding, who's the vice president for finance, suggested uh, to both OU's foundation, board, and OU's board of trustees to to not purchase the home because of uh, discovery of John Wharton. Basically, uh, there was a donor record that was created later on in March that OU discovered because of the Athens News record request. Your record request. (laughs) My record request, yeah. (laughs) Um, OU discovered that John Wharton had promised to donate, supposedly in connection with this housing deal, almost $200,000. And in emails that we received later, it seemed like he was pushing the administration to buy the home and OU administration seemed like it was a done deal Mm -hmm. through some of the emails that we found. But on April 13th, they decided they weren't going to buy it because they saw
0: record of that donation. Mm-hmm. To avoid impropriety. Yes, uh, <laughs> any conflict of interest, basically. Right. So that leads up to kind of this most recent records mm-hmm. request. Yeah, and so... Uh, so yeah, tell me a little bit about, you know, sure. when you first saw that, this, this most recent release of emails, what personally drew your attention to this particular one-page email? Sure. They, they gave the first release of the emails
2: on the day that Stephen Golding announced that OU oh, wasn't going to buy the home. And that was from March 1st to March 20th about um, the next set of emails I got was a few weeks later. It was for February. The next set of emails I got was for uh, March 20th to the 30th. And then the final set was for April. And it's interesting because I didn't request most of that. I requested from March 20th, 2015 to March 1st, 2014. OU has not yet fulfilled any of my requests before February 1st. So that's automatically an interesting comment. But regardless, um, I got this April, this the set of April emails, oh, probably a few weeks ago, actually. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really look at them because I didn't have time. I've been very busy. And mm-hmm. so uh, I looked at it on, I looked at it just out of just curiosity. Um, it was about a series of, I don't know, hundreds, hundreds of emails, probably about 500, 600. And um, I was just, as I always do with these emails, it's just a giant, I get a CD, it's just a giant... Bunch of PDFs of emails of OU administrators um, relating to the housing specifically was what I asked for. So I looked through this set of emails and I saw Schoonover's name at first and I was like, huh, what a coincidence. This guy's name, I didn't even know anything about him at the Mm -hmm. time. His name is Schoonover and he's suggesting that OU play the race card to discredit faculty and student protesters. And so that automatically was interesting. I said, hey, Terry, my editor, uh, take a look at this email. this guy's suggesting that, that OU possibly use the race card to discredit uh, these protesters. And this is you know, in connection with this whole series of reporting we've done that we you know, broke the story and everything. And he said, well, by God, that's a great story. And then as I looked at it more, I looked into more about who Stephen was. Um, we realized that he was a trustee for the OU Foundation's board, a secretary. He's been a trustee since 2000. And we realized that he was the one that donated to the Schoonover Center, which mm-hmm. is what's currently under construction, about to be complete by August. After that point, we started doing the due diligence. We reached out to OU for comment. Um, we emailed Stephen, the schoonover that is, um, and uh, that was all in one email. Basically, it was to Golding, uh, Brian Benchoff who's the president of the OU Foundation, Stephen, and then an OU spokesperson. We didn't get a response. Mm-hmm. On the story, we, we eventually just decided to go ahead and release the story that night uh, just because we thought it was important. And it generated an immediate like kind of firestorm of people's angry opinions, you know. Um, and uh, so we did get a response from OU on Sunday. Uh, we called their media hotline and we asked them, you know, basically, like, please give us a response. I mean, we need a response. And so they, all they said was, this is Mr. Schoonover's opinion. And that was it. On Saturday, I reached out to the dean of the School of Communication, uh, Scott Titsworth. Um, He never really responded to those questions. We asked for McDavis's comment on Tuesday. And uh, Titsworth and McDavis didn't respond until Wednesday. Now, I'm going to back up just a moment here. On Sunday, after the uh, we were done mm-hmm. making the paper, Schoonover emailed me personally and <laughs> complained about the story's accuracy and also about how he had no time to respond, even though I emailed him on Friday. Um, a few other things, and he said that his his race card comments were tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that anybody he, that knew him would not have
0: construed that email as being serious. Right. Um, well, let me just take a moment and read the email just to kind of just provide that context. This is right. very
2: quickly after a big,
0: big protest. Right. So it's a, okay. So it says Friday, April third, to a bunch of trustees um, as well as OU administrators. Yeah, he says I want to be on a conference call. I assume to to express my outrage that we got a bunch of loudmouths and demonstrators who have probably never given a dime to OU, and a bunch of newspaper reporters and university professors who have no idea or don't care what it takes to attract top-notch presidents to live in a small town like Athens. Um, he goes on to talk about Roger McDavis and his, his work to raise funding for Ohio University. I think we should handle it the same way that the Democrats do every time Republicans attack President Obama, they label them racists. So if you are worried about the petition by the faculty, just play the race card and call them racists and make them defend themselves. They pull that in Washington every day. So his response to that was that it was tongue in cheek. hmm Okay, so at what point with him did he decide that he would like to write a letter you know that was going to be published in the Athens news?
2: Sure, so we had an op ed where uh, Mr. Schoonover is apologizing uh, in our Thursday edition this week, and we um as immediately as soon as Schoonover emailed us on Sunday night, uh, Terry and I both started emailing him back and forth, and we we actually did end up running uh, running a correction um for uh there were two other trustees who said that they agreed with uh, Schooner's uh, statements. They weren't trustees. They were executive committee members mm-hmm. of the OU Foundation. Mm-hmm. But uh, we ended up running a correction just because we need to clarify it a little more. But regardless, um, during that first series of emails on Sunday, we asked him if he wanted to write an op-ed for us. And he actually, he suggested it in the beginning. He, was, he said he was preparing a response. And uh, he was very he was very defensive on, on Sunday night. And then as time went on, I, I gave him a call on... Tuesday or or actually Monday night, I had a a quick conversation to introduce myself and say hello, and he was very cordial. We've both been very cordial ever since that email. We talked a little more about the op-ed that he was going to write, and he he just said that he confirmed that he was going to write it for us. And then I sent him an email with questions that I had that I knew that people were going to want to know about in Athens, um, pushing him on some of the issues in in the email. And so then he uh, sent, we didn't know that he was going to get it to us in time, but he sent the op-ed to us on Tuesday night. And uh, so we ended up running that the issue, or I mean, you can consider an issue or not. So I asked McDavis specifically, Dr. McDavis, for a comment on Tuesday in regard to specifics of the email. I asked him, there is the appearance of this being problematic because uh, Schooner was suggesting in some way in this email that that, OU should use McDavis's race as a tool or a tactic. Um, And so I mentioned that, and then I asked him, do you have any comment on the situation? And maybe one other question. And the next day, uh, Wednesday, which is our early in our production day, we're working really hard to get the paper out there. We got a response from McDavis and from Titsworth, and I asked similar questions of Titsworth as well. Do you think it's problematic to have this this big donor state things like this? And both of them offered a response to Schoonover's apology, which we hadn't even published yet. That we published on a Thursday. That was on a Wednesday, and so it, it's fairly clear that Schoonover shared his op-ed with them um, before we went to print, which is fine, you know, he can do what w- he wants with those words. But the McDavis response and his response were both commending Schoonover for his apology and for his honesty. Uh, and they were both asking just for the community to move on. Um, and they didn't respond to our questions at all. And that doesn't seem very fair to me. Mm-hmm. Um, or to the Athens News in general. We asked for comment on things that people have concerns about, and all they responded to was Mr. Schoonover's apology, which, I mean, granted, I'm glad that he wrote an apology, and I'm glad that he wrote something to us, of course.
0: Um, so, you know, given all of us, Connor, you know, giving all of student protests, mm-hmm. however small today. Yeah, there's uh, just
2: a very small one today. Yeah,
0: there are documents that you don't have yet. Sure. You know, what do you expect to find in future sure. releases?
2: Uh, so right now, um, I didn't request anything relating to the housing situation But uh, now I'm expecting OU to fulfill from February 1st back to March 1st of last year. And and I'm waiting for that first. Um, I've made a few other requests of uh, OU recently, which are related to different topics. Um, And then I am planning for a records request request. in the near future relating to emails from donors. Um, I don't know uh, which donors exactly yet, um, and I don't know what the scope of it's going to be. Um, but I, I understand I'm working with OU on these public records requests. I recognize that they spend a lot of time getting these and working on these because I've got to look through thousands of emails and then I've got to use due diligence for attorney-client privilege. They can't show me those emails. So I understand that they have a very, very full schedule of records requests from many media outlets, I'm sure now at this mm-hmm. point. so.
0: I'm trying to be conscious of that but I can only wait for so long. Very good Um, Connor Morris is a general assignment reporter for the Athens News. He broke a story this week about Stephen Schoonover making comments uh, allegedly using the race card um, in relation to the president's residence on Coventry Lane. Connor thank you a lot for being here. Thank you very much appreciate it.
1: That's it for our show this week. Thanks for listening. The Outlet is produced by myself and Ben.
0: We're edited by Atish Baija, Susan Tebin, and Alison Hunter. Adam Rich is our technical assistant.
1: And our theme music is written and performed by Ryan Gabus. Subscribe to The Outlet on iTunes or find us online at woub.org.
0: We'll be back next week with more stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. Thanks for listening.